You are listening to the Gimme 5 Podcast, episode 183, Side B. The Gimme Five Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast. What did I do? <laughs> fucking what did, I did it again. Am I doing it again? Okay, it is yeah. what it is. A bi-weekly podcast reviewing the things that you love today and the things you loved yesterday until you hear us talking about them and then you will hate them. My name is The Rolling Thunder Review, and I'm joined by The Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Chew. Chew. <laughs> and The God of Thunder. For Osgard! <laughs> this is a side B episode. And by we that, I are going to talk about your ass. A, <laughs> we are going to talk wow. about a sound of thunder. And of course, we will answer our Gimme Five question of the week. Sound of thunder. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to talk about this, Omar. You're still under your 90 day review, sir. <laughs> when you make us watch this hot, steamy pile of dinosaur garbage. Oh, my God. It's going poorly. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) So here is the deal. I am pretty sure none of you know that this movie actually existed because not only— We didn't know that this movie actually existed. And we kind of do this sort of thing frequently as well as worked at— Well, we didn't work at Blockbuster then, but we were on top of things as well as are constantly looking for bad movies. And yet we still never came across this movie. So— the we're going to spoil it like a lot and you're going to say thank you sir for spoiling this movie so that i don't have to watch it exactly because i it makes me hate things that i should love (laughs) okay dinosaur hunting and time travel and ed burns all of those things i i loved at one time Ben kingsley and ben kingsley and now i don't love any of those things Good work. Anyway, that was your spoiler warning. Uh, Just a full sweep, Omar. Yeah, you good dick. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So, don't okay. get mad at us. All right. <clears throat> um, so, why don't you introduce this movie for us? This steaming pile of dinosaur dung. Okay. So, the movie's called A Sound of Thunder. All right. The release date was... Um, October 2nd, 2005. I feel like it was September 2nd. I do too. I think it was October. I think it was September 2nd, 2005. Director Peter Hyams, who went on to do nothing that I can think of. He did Time Cop before. Well, that, okay, I see the theme then. Time Cop was, all right, that's fine. He's okay, also actually, done a couple of other movies. Yeah. Um, One of which starred, he actually referenced. What I'll find that out in a moment. Huh? Starring Edward Burns, I'm a fan of, all right? Ben Kingsley, Academy Award winner until he got to this. Um, Catherine McCormick, who I'm a fan of from Braveheart. And, um, okay, am I saying this correct? Jemima Roper? Uh, I believe so, yes. Because I love that character. It's like she's a total cutie. But it's just a, it's a name that <laughs> I... Or she was in 2005. Huh? Or she was in 2005. 
Right. She was a total cutie in the movie, right? Um, David Oyelowo. Am I saying that right? Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure. Why not? Sure. We, we have had 183 episodes of me horribly mispronouncing every name that could possibly be mispronounced. Well, Bernice Dondarian. Check out these last two names. <laughs> Wilfried Hockeldinger and August Zimmer. The most German people to ever walk the earth. Okay. I think that's Zerner. Is it Zerner? Oh, it is. It, it's an R N E R. Sorry, it's Zerner, not Zimmer. My fault. Synopsis: A single mistake in the past by a time travel company in the future has devastating and unforeseen consequences. Okay, here's the thing about this movie. This is here's why I picked this movie. This has the makings of a fantastic movie. If, if you could get the right people to write the screenplay and the acting and everything, this could be a phenomenal movie, in my personal opinion. I don't remember how I came across this back in the day, but I remember seeing it like around 2005-ish, like when it came out. And I remember, like, I remember, you know, kind of liking it. And I remember the premise being better than the actual outcome of the movie. Um, it's based on a, a Ray Bradbury short story of the same name. So I read the short story this week, and I've never, I haven't actually read it before. And the short story is quite, it's quite different from the movie. The short story came out in 1951. I hope so, because this movie was a fucking disjointed mess. The movie was terrible. But oh my god! The okay, the movie was bad. Like everything from the special effects to like chunks of acting, um, they really <laughs> logic. Well, I I think I think that we need to discuss the movie and then talk about the differences between the movie and the short story. Because if Mr. Ray Bradbury wrote the story like they presented it. With all of the flawed logic and all of the bullshit that they threw in there, I have lost respect for Mr. Ray Bradbury because this was a steaming pile of shit. That's fair. The, 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 the short story is very different. It's very, very different, even in the characters. It, it's only 11 pages. It's very, very short. Um, the, the, the way that they present time travel. So okay, so we'll get into that in a little bit. All right. Um, what, uh, before I, let me pause for a second. What are your initial thoughts about the movie? <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, if you have children listening, please, avert, please cover their ears. Uh, it, children in this case is anyone from like 27 years old. In <laughs> yes. Cause they're going to learn new words. <laughs> this movie was a complete shit show. From beginning to end, from the from the special effects to the time travel rules to the general logistics. I mean, I, I swear to God, if there's no power in the city, how do you power the time travel device that's plugged in and requires like large amounts of energy to function? I don't understand. This movie is it, it had such a great idea, and it could have been amazing. And instead, I feel like someone poured alcohol into my eyes. And gave me a sandwich that was buttered with gelatinous shit that I couldn't smell because they punched me in the nose and broke my nose and starved me for six days so I was willing to eat whatever the fuck they handed me. Because this movie was that bad. 
I was like, what in the fuck did I just watch? They couldn't even get their own rules of time travel right. Omar, we broke Rob. I feel like he may have liked it, but I'm not. I'm, <laughs> what's I mean, the wiggle room on how Rob? My feels first, about but I really enjoyed the thought, score. When when I saw them when I saw them go back to kill a dinosaur the second time, and it was the same goddamn dinosaur. I'm like, how are they not there shooting that dinosaur already? I mean, how can you come back and shoot that dinosaur? And not have and and not run into those people, and and then when they when they change something in the past, they have the fucking time waves that progressively change the future where they're at. Shouldn't it have changed immediately? I know it should have changed immediately because that's what they thought was going to fucking happen when they went back and fixed it. They're like, oh, it'll immediately go back to normal. I'm and like, no, it won't. You already set it up that it was going to take like days for time waves. And I, and like, I love how you... there's. The woman who um, is like a time travel expert, but none of this has ever happened before. So, <laughs> so, so everything she says is really just speculation. So she's a theoretical time travel expert. Right, but it all <laughs> You're to... messing with things you don't understand. Well, I'm pretty sure, bitch, that you don't understand them either, so shut the fuck up. Okay, so here's what we are going to do. So for me, it, I think is so Rob is going to have an opportunity to be very angry as we go. Because we're gonna we're gonna try to change this up. Because looking back at our past episodes in general, and I do the editing, I do a lot of this stuff. There are so many times <laughs> he takes where, out a lot of my profanity. <laughs> I've got my job cut out for me on this one. I got like websites open that I'm like, what is a shit gibbon? <laughs> And the website oh, says God. something Rob just made up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so speaking no, of so, shit real giving. quick, so hold on. So we, uh, I do a lot of the editing and stuff, and there's many times we finish recording, and I'm like, I'll be looking at the script, and I'm like, fuck, we forgot to talk about something. So we are going to kind of change things up just a little bit. We are going to take you through the movie, and as we kind of go through, I'm going to allow these guys to make their comments and get increasingly angry. Uh, about this to make sure that we cover this movie with the respect that it deserves <laughs> which is absolutely none <laughs> so, this steaming pile of crap is that a play on words like what are you doing yeah <laughs> so I, I am gonna start off here with some of the characters and when you first mentioned this movie oh you want also wanted to know my thoughts my thoughts were uh it was a very interesting idea that reminded me of something else, which we'll talk about. But that's the thing and is, that, but that's why I picked that it's this, because on. it's such a great idea. And I just want to mention real quick, I want to be the one that does this. Because I picked the movie, and it's my fault. So I just want to say, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes score was a ginormous 6%. 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. Who are those 6%? And, All and 6% of those people need to be executed. Score. Yeah, yeah. But... But again, just like you both said, great idea, terribly executed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I was the first thing I thought were when you mentioned it, I, we looked it up, and I was like Ed Burns, and I hadn't seen him in a while. And back when I was working at Blockbuster, I really wanted to go into filmmaking because that was the Quentin Tarantino era, the Ed Burns era, the Kevin Smith. Uh, who else? 
Blair Witch Project in a few years. Right, right. Like, yeah, this was, a, this was a little bit afterwards, but uh, this movie was. But Ed Burns had She's the One, which I loved. Great movie, great soundtrack. I love Tom Petty. Yeah. And I was like, great, Ed Burns. And I'm like, well, I haven't really seen him in a while. And then I saw this, and I was like, maybe this is why I haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think – I think he just acted in this. I don't think he had anything to do with, like, whatever else. But I yeah. could see this. I could see this. This was a, this was a paycheck. Uh, he I mean, plays ben Travis Ryder. Fucking Oscar, come on. He plays Travis Ryder. He was, uh, in my mind, he's kind of the Chris Pratt, Jurassic World type character. Yeah, you know, the the hunter type. Uh, ben Kingsley, okay. of course, you mentioned he is the evil corporate, greedy dude that's willing to put people at risk just to make money, right? So that's kind of the the two, two of the main characters. Uh, and then, of course, you mentioned the the uh, you guys already mentioned the I guess it was Sonia Rand who's the time travel uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, expert. That's correct. Right. Yeah, Catherine McCormick. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And of course, just a variety of other people. And as we said, it's basically rich people can pay to go back in time and do various hunts of mythological or not mythological, but creatures that have long since been extinct or people or whatever. And it's okay because. They set it up so that you go back in time and you kill them right before they were going to die anyway. That's the, right. Basically. So you're not altering the time continuum. Yeah. We could alter the time continuum so this movie is never made. I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> Problem's going to go back in time with a baseball bat and start beating the shit out of like plants and take out some knees and shit. Yeah. I still am not so, clear if you liked it or not, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. Fuck so, <laughs> for making me watch this piece of shit. So the, this movie is is set in 2055, and it's based in Chicago, which is sort of a big deal. And as I said, it's there's the Time Safari group, and they are basically again allowing rich people to hunt dinosaurs. They have some concern. There are some concerns about changing the timeline. So they do a bunch of stuff to keep people from doing that. What do they do? Well, of course, there's the, the guns are linked to Ed Burns' character's gun, which I thought was actually interesting. That was Rob, a really did that, anger, did that anger you? No, that did not. Okay. That would keep people from doing stupid shit like that, like that trigger-happy guy was going to shoot the butt- fucking butterfly. It's yeah. a butterfly, you dick! Mind so, you, it was the size of like a pterodactyl, but it was a butterfly. But that's but that's an interesting thing. So that you so any of the other hunters could not fire. Their their weapons were um, immobilized. Is that the right word? Their weapons Locked were ineffective out. until Ed Burns' character shot first. Right. In the short story, Ed Burns shot first. Oh, Once he shoots, then everyone else like it sort of like allows the other weapons to fire. In the short story, it's a little bit different. Should I do this kind of like as we go with the short story? Yeah, sure. So yeah. in the short story, remember, this is 1951, okay? So this is a very different era of technology. That that was not in the short story. What they said was, um, just don't fire until I do. So they were gotcha. leaving it on the 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 um, the operator. The, the yeah the actual like whoever was holding the rifle was the one who had to have the self control to wait 
And since it was 1951, the guns actually shot root beer floats for their best gal, <laughs> which is nice. Which is nice. <laughs> Correct. And Letterman jackets. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it, and poodle skirts. It did. It was very not the best way to kill dinosaurs, but it was 1951. So. Oh, by the um, way, there's a whole which I'll get to, I guess, later. But there's a whole different angle uh, to the short story that is never even presented in the movie, at all. Because it might have been good. Well, it was it was it was Ray Bradbury's way of showing that time had shifted. Gotcha. Instead of the waves that happened, like the time waves that happen in the movie, this is a mm-hmm. completely different. Those don't happen oh, in the cool, short story. Cool. That's not a thing. That's nice. created for the movie. Okay, so they go back and they they do this thing where they introduce you to the the world and what's going on by throwing you right into the middle of a dinosaur hunt. A bunch of people. They show up on this like terribly rendered pathway that looks like they're walking on a pathway made out of like predator stealth stuff it's like liquidy that's a good way to put it it looks like they're walking on um glass yeah but it's like a displacement it's i mean technically that's what it is if that's how they do it it's called a displacement okay uh, if that's what it is and if that's how they do it that's what it's called Yes. Sure. Well, no. Like, if, I'm talking about like graphic design wise, like or in, in terms of. Oh, oh, oh create, okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about the physics of it. No, no, no. It's like the way they would do it in because the physics don't make sense. No, no. So they that's from the short story. Do well. that, and that keeps you from stepping off of the path because you were kind of floating above it. Now, that's one thing. They also, of course, the the guy you could tell he's done this a bunch of times. Travis, he the dinosaur comes out. It's an allosaurus. It comes out. It steps in the mud. They do that thing that they do a lot with any sort of time travel or repetitious movie where they'll show certain aspects of it so that later on they can show if there's a change. You know, like the foot the foot sinking it in the mud, that kind of thing. So this dinosaur is going to die anyway. And people are people are a little bit freaked out that the dinosaur is allowed to come close and. Ed Burns is like, look, we've done this a million times. Um, they open up fire, kill the dinosaur, come back, and it's rah rah, big surprise, you know, big happy thing. Um, there's like a ice sculpture, <laughs> and like a little party, right when they get back, and someone, did you notice like how red that wine was that they threw on the per- that she came in and threw on the dude? No, it was like mm-hmm. it looked like paint (laughs) it just was oh yeah yeah yeah. because it stayed too it didn't like it didn't like thin out or run down it was yeah it it looked like like red poster paint interesting well but she said it was dinosaur blood oh did she she said it was blood it was blood i don't know how she fucking got oh i thought it was wine okay and i was like how did she put blood blood under pressure yeah Uh, i want to say she said dinosaur blood but i don't i I thought it was like i was like i was glossed over from all of the bullshit physics and 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 terrible fucking dinosaurs and yeah let before we go too much further here let's let's just get this out of the way i was you're, you, you see way. these people they're on there they're ready like wait wait for it wait for it. they're wearing sci-fi uniforms and then the dinosaur comes out and i'm like <laughs> what what, <laughs> what came never out? the dinosaur yeah, the dinosaur came out it wasn't great yeah and i laughed and that's never the reaction you want when you're revealing the special effect yeah for the record, this movie came out the same year as as The Dark Knight, or like Batman Begins, rather. Sorry, it came out the same year as Batman Begins, and, and the, the dinosaur... animation was so much worse, and it looked like a plastic dinosaur. Now, 
we'll get into why, but it was not even made with 3D software. They used pre, uh, pre-production software. So pre-visualization software, which is very quickly created stuff in order to basically make sure the cameras are in the right spot and the lighting and the sets and all that stuff. You may, you model it beforehand. And then because if you have to lose all day to rebuild the set or to move a camera or to move the lights or the actors aren't in the right spot, it's expensive. So the software is used to make sure all that stuff doesn't happen. They used it to make a fucking movie. Yeah. Okay. So terrible dinosaur. Blah. Go back. Uh, now I they do. Uh, there's the next visit to the Jurassic World. Not in the movie, but. But what happens um, in between? So well. In between the the girl throwing the stuff, and... well, from the first jump that we see at the beginning of the movie, to the second one, they kind of explain what's going to go wrong. So, something happened which we don't know yet. Um, and that's also where we find out that the developer of the software is kind of angry. Now. The next like Ray trip. Bradbury was when they fucking did this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so the next visit is when the gun doesn't go off, correct? Yeah, but they show why. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, there's a dude in that um, time jump conflict. in the headquarters. He's in delivering headquarters. like some kind of. I think it's the liquid nitrogen that they use for the bullets. Correct. And he crashes the thing into. He he was looking at the chick. He was Googling uh, Jemima, Jemima, whatever her name yeah, is. Yeah. And he was looking at her and he crashed the cart into some kind of barricade and it opened up one of the liquid nitrogen things and they leaked onto the guy's gun. Correct. Oh, okay. And that's why it didn't fire. Gotcha. That's why it malfunctioned. That, that, that's our spoiler, I guess. <laughs> so gun There's malfunctions. So spoilers. But the problem is, of course, the gun is what's controlling everyone else's gun. So... People freaking out, dinosaur coming closer, uh, running, and whatever. Uh, so that could have been a suspenseful theme, scene, I think. Right? Like, it could have been good. It could have been. It wasn't. Except it was so obvious that everything was green screened, and that there was that that dinosaur was nowhere near them, at least visually, that it was kind of not good. Uh, they get back, and this is so. This is pretty much what kicks off the change in the time stream, correct? Yes. This this event is what changed it. Yeah. Yes. Because he brought back some dirt. That's not actually why, but that's what they make you think when he's walking back on the on the physics impossible platform. Physics impossible. Yeah. So oh, they, he a, brought back. There's a boot good. print. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yep, they show a blueprint on the the platform. So you're like, oh, someone did step off of the the platform and might have done this. Oh, they also in this whole sequence, it looks like the lobby of like a ride at Epcot because whenever they go there, there's like a bunch of trees that are perfectly split, so you can see the entire uh, volcano off in the distance, mm-hmm. and the volcano is like really, really far away, and that's what's going to eventually kill this dinosaur for like historically. But so, yet it gets there in like seconds. Yeah, but the do you remember when? Really but they even say that 
but see, here's the thing. They do explain a lot of this. And that's why I watched it a second time. Also because Not I... Not just because you hate yourself. Well, it's also the, a fair amount of self-loathing. But they do explain that, that um, the dinosaur is about to get caught in that tar. And he's going to fall down and like get trapped and die in the tar. And then the volcano is going to go off anyway. So... And then that's, I guess, ultimately, if I recall correctly, that's what kills him as the volcano. But he's already trapped in the tar. So even though the volcano was kind of far away in the in the in the images like that you see in the movie, it 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 actually does make sense. And like knowing what I know, for example, like about like this is like a real thing, like Mount Vesuvius, like Pompeii, mm-hmm. right? You know this from firsthand experience. I this it, no, I know this because of history, but. Uh, you know, like when Pompeii was was destroyed by Mount Vesuvius in 79 AD, it's like miles and miles away. Like it's not like Pompeii is not like necessarily at the foot of Mount Vesuvius, but that stuff travels further than we think. Yeah, the, they do a terrible job of explaining flow. that in the movie. That's not the point, but it does sort of make like they do make an attempt clumsily to explain why that volcano is important so when they first go back in time um if you notice ed burns has like this watch and it's got a five minute countdown because they're counting down to the we know that something wrong happened because they did the footprint they do the footprint thing they the and of course the gun and whatever they get back and things are starting to change not right away. Not right away. He he gives them, uh, Ben Kingsley gives them their speech or whatever. He's like, you survived. Blah, blah, blah. This is, think about this. You can tell this to your to your family and your kids and did your you, grandkids. And, did you catch and you how? you fought a dinosaur and walked away. Did you catch how, even though there was a mistake and they almost died, Ben Kingsley's character plays it off as if that was what was supposed to happen? Yeah. Right. Right, total and, sales and I, total sales, and I think person. it's, right. I think it's, I think it's funny that, um, he, you know, even with the with the first hunt that we saw, you know, he he compared them to like you know the great explorers Marco Polo and Columbus and Armstrong, and and in one of the one of the comments actually, uh, this was what I was going to talk about um, a little bit ago. He he compares them. He says also like Brew Baker on Mars, correct, and. And he's remembering a past for him, which is, you know, because he's in the future. He's remembering a past for him, a conquest of Mars. Brubaker was actually the name of the commander of the Mars expedition in the Capricorn One movie in 1977, which was directed by, guess who? Same dude. Peter Hyams. Peter Hyams, correct. Wow, that's cool. Nice, nice little callback there. Uh, okay, well, I, fuck this then. Sound of Thunder is the best movie ever. No, made. this movie still sucks. <laughs> this movie is absolute garbage, and okay, you yeah, probably yeah. wipe your ass with it. But the audit—that's that, a very cool thing to have thrown in there. That's cool. That's pretty cool. Come on, it's not a okay. Movie. Moving on yeah. here, the I have it written down. That the um the, the they bring the next group of clients there, and they get there. The Allosaurus 
It's not a Tyrannosaurus. It's an Allosaurus. It's already dead. In the original, I don't even book, think it's, it's an Allosaurus. A... In the original <laughs> book, it's a T Rex. In the original story, it doesn't even look like a fucking Allosaurus. It's if you, we are we need to have our dinosaur friends come back on. It is the it is an Allosaurus because that's what the script says theoretically. Where are the people from the I Know Dino Pad podcast? We exactly. need them back. There it is. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's already dead when they get there, and then the volcano go, goes off early, and they're like, what the "Okay, happened? so but why does that happen? Because, because something." A miss happened before. Yeah, because, because now... something has set the the internal time clock off with Tammy because they changed something in the past exactly. that has affected everything from that point on. And it's like I don't know why it would affect time, but but I, whatever. Well, that's my question because that day when they go back and the um that that jump, the one after everything went wrong. If you notice. The Ed Burns character, he's in his apartment, and the alarm mm-hmm. goes off. Okay, here's another problem with the movie. But his alarm goes oh, off there's on, so his, many. on his, on his uh, alarm clock. But the time, if you notice, the time on the alarm clock says zero, zero, zero. Mm-hmm. My question is, if I set the alarm for 7 a.m., why would it go off when it says zero, zero, zero? My other question is, if it's an electronic alarm clock... How does it know that time has been changed and the time is now zero, zero, zero? But let's gloss over those things and just (laughs) (laughs) forget that. But my point is they're already starting to show that time, because of this thing, has been fucked with. Here's my other problem. When they went back and that whatever it is, which we'll get to in a minute, that happened that fucked with the time continuum – Right. Mm-hmm. When they come back, they mention, like that next day, they mention when Ed Burns' character he wakes up in the morning, and they say it's a record hot day. It's like ninety degrees out, and they mention that it's November. How does fucking with the time continuum affect the weather? That is nothing. There's no, there's no correlation between the two. Yeah, and this is where I think the movie made a huge error. Exactly. Because they could oh, have done something this very... This is where it made a huge <laughs> error? Yeah, because, yeah, because this, this changes the, the whole plot. I'm not talking about graphically and all that stuff, but if, if all they had to do... So it turns out, and we'll get to this eventually, it turns out that the dude stepped on the giant stingray-sized butterfly. Uh, butterfly. Right. And that's what changed all of the time. Which they but... also kind of do a good job of explaining. Yeah. No, shut up. They do. They no, do. they don't. Yes, they do. He's more. Oh my god! It's I like they're they making it up as they go along. Maybe I'm thinking of the short story, but they do kind of explain how, like, <laughs> one small thing, 65 million years ago, can have a big effect or big ripple effect. Now, they in the movie, they do say. That. They do say, okay, so you accidentally kill a plant that was meant to feed such and such. Well, you know what? There's millions of other plants right next to that one. But but what I'm saying is one. they at least the, made an attempt. But the and butterfly it, that was supposed to that was supposed to be there at a certain place to feed something, and then that thing starved, and then that thing didn't didn't procreate, and then the procreation didn't didn't feed other things, and blah 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 blah. But I'm that's like, I get what you're saying, but that's the whole premise behind what's called the butterfly effect. That's the entire premise is one small thing has a massive consequence down the line. 
So and if I get you that. extrapolate 65 million years, then, then I do see how it could have a major effect. But it would not I, and i understand that climate. but but bill nye i don't under, what i don't understand is why when you make a change in the past you get a slow ripple effect in the future but if you go back and change it back the way you want it to be it instantaneously goes back the way that it's supposed to be <laughs> yeah. i'm like what the fuck is that what kind yeah. of bullshit messed up logic <laughs> Well, well, if we go back and change it, it'll be fixed immediately. That's no, true. it won't. That's a great point. Mm. Yeah, you're yeah, right about that. Hold on, let, let, let me and... do this real quick, guys. <laughs> That's... So what I was saying... <laughs> Sorry, Greg. <laughs> before you two started slap fighting each other with your logic and time travel, <laughs> this is where the screenwriter just basically was like oh yeah let's just make this magical stuff happen they're like ah fuck it let's do this because <laughs> had they done a thing where it made sense where they did a thing where it was like okay they could have shown why one thing led to another led to another led to another they just did this magical oh yeah it just broke the timeline and now these giant weird clear waves are that look terrible are going across the city and making changes periodically oh yeah and if it happens too much it's going to be bad like they didn't try to add any logic into it, which a little bit of thought could have done it. You know, that butterfly could have, I don't know, knocked a fucking boulder off of a mountain, which did something, which did something, which did something that led to the world being changed. But The butterfly knocking a boulder off a mountain that landed on the hunters would have been far more entertaining. You're not wrong. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Onward. We are, we are now moving forward in time. Away this from is... Rob being angry about time machine movies. This is the appearance of the one thing in the movie that I actually liked. What? That is going to be our friendly neighborhood um, crocoboons, uh, babadiles, <laughs> alaboons. No, 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 no. Babagators. I'm going to go with babagators. Yeah, I don't know what the hell they are. They are, they called bab- they are like- actually called baboon lizards, according to the script. They looked like baboons crossed with an alligator or a crocodile. Pretty much. I'm gonna. They're gonna be babigators. And I, they were I like the term babigator. They were impervious to bullets. They were, unless you shot them in the throat. In the throat. Which is exactly how I deal with Omar. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, I'm not gonna say I don't like it. <laughs> I'm just. Are we saying. still talking about baboons? <laughs> no, we're not. We not anymore. anymore. That's what I call Omar, my little love baboon. <laughs> yeah, there's like a, a large proliferation of new things. There's plants everywhere. There's like a whole sequence with bugs and beetles like pouring into the dude's apartment. And I'm like, That's my notes are like, they why? Survive that. why? Like, like the scarabs why? from the mummy. Exactly. Yeah. Why? why? I have a lot of why in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reference. It's just line after line after line of Greg's notes saying why, why, why? What? Not asking Question any questions, just saying why. None of <laughs> but, this is. And the only story. difference is either it being one question mark or a question mark and an exclamation point, and I have to figure it out. <laughs> that's so fun. Uh, that's what we should call the episode. Why? 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 Just why? <laughs> so. Anyway, there's more and more time waves. These time waves are causing all sorts of craziness to happen. Baboonigators, as you said, there was giant 
bat creatures? No, 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 no babigators. But those Sorry, bat babigators. creatures, if you notice, it's the same thing as the baboon gators, but just... Babigators, after... for Christ's sake, I've already <laughs> so, named so, so, them. So. They're Sorry. babigators. I, I, Quit uh, effing it up. <laughs> Rob is no longer allowed to drink rum when he's recording podcasts. No, 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 no. Quite the contrary. <laughs> he needs to start earlier. <laughs> We've called them Babigators. That's what they're called. Quit but fucking it up. The Bat Babigators, if you notice, they come after another time wave where it's the same Babigators, because I'm afraid to say anything else so Rob doesn't kill me through the internet. Um, it's the same things, but with Like wings. Lawnmower Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right? So. Okay. Each time this time wave comes, and in the movie that it's explained that it's every every twenty four hours. Each time this new time wave comes, that's oddly specific for some kind specific. of random weird it's, event. It's to the minute, twenty four hours, and they, oh, we every got time another happens, time wave coming. Yeah, they know right, and every time like a massive change happens until the very last one. Hey, spoiler alert! Okay, the the last one is right as the Ed Burns character is sent back through this certain sequence that they've devised so that he can save our timeline. When there's no damn power, there's how the no hell electricity, did they power but somehow they have power to work the time machine. Whatever. That's a whole other thing. So when that last time wave comes through the Catherine McCormick character, she explains that each each time wave that comes through is going to is going to affect a higher order of species and the last one is going to affect humans because we're the last ones to evolve so she gets transformed into some kind of creature i don't know but edward ed burns character gets she like de-evolves she de- yes exactly but he gets sent back to fix the timeline just in the nick of time, of course. Right. And then... They should have had Johnny Depp play this character. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Nick okay, wait, wait, well, so... That's that, but also, we, we, need, we don't even know why they're going back. So they do find out, based on the this biological sensor that they have, Ooh, that yeah, someone brought, like, really an ounce of something back. And the biological sensor, they're like, well, why didn't that... that do anything it's like well we turned it off because it's expensive it's like oh yes why is it that expensive? too much it was too much electricity too much energy and it was very expensive why yeah. like there's no possible reason why <laughs> exactly. like we we go to disney world and we walk through like sensors every second and disney's fairly cheap in general and they're not complaining about it it just has to check for carbon so okay so i'm going to make an analogy here that that the science in this movie and everybody listening right now, I want you to imagine the profession that you do for a living, okay? Imagine your profession. Now, imagine somebody who knows jack shit about what you do or any of the knowledge involved with your profession okay. writing a story... <laughs> About your profession. <laughs> That's well done. And trying to be specific enough that you look at it and you're like, what in the fuck is this guy talking about? Okay, I get you. 
I mean, it's like they did no research and they had no scientific basis. And I get that it's about time travel and it's all theoretical, but just the shit in general. I'm like, what? So, I am looking forward to the movie that Omar writes about man whoring. <laughs> okay. No, no. no Omar knows all about something that. Something you have no experience with. So, yes, that is why they, they – we'll go back to here. That is why they sent uh, him back to stop this dude from stepping on a butterfly. And there's some little things here and there, but not really – they don't really matter. Okay. Wait. I'm going to stop you right there. Because here is another big flaw in the logic of the movie. Because they've already established – that you can go back and not run into the previous hunting party that hunted the same fucking dinosaur. How in the hell does he run into the same, to the party that he's trying to get to if there's millions of other parties that have hunted this exact same dinosaur? How does that work? They How actually, can he now run into the people that he's trying to reach? They actually, that's interesting. They explain that in the short story, not in the movie. Um, something to do with, huh. they, they do, they do a, Ray Bradbury does a, uh, I don't want to use the word mediocre, but he does a, a fair enough job of kind of explaining that a little bit in the short story of making shit up to make you believe it. Well, remember the short story was written in 1951. Right. Well, but it, but at every turn, it seems like this movie was written in 1875 <laughs> because they have no fucking idea about anything that goes on in the modern day world. Who wrote the script for this? That's know. actually a good question. I believe it was your seven-year-old son. <laughs> <laughs> but he did write it a year ago. So. <laughs> that's And he was, that's true. Well, no, 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 because this time travel movie is all fucked up. He's seven now. Well, okay, so the movie... Thomas Dean Donnelly, who wrote... Uh... Thomas, I hate you for making me watch this bullshit. <laughs> and I know you sent it directly to Omar so that he would recommend this movie to make us watch it. But here's it. the deal, Rob. you got to admit, and this is what I said originally when, it was, when I picked this movie, the premise and the possibilities for this movie are astronomical. This movie had such a good story and point. such a good premise. Yes. The people who got hold of it... That's the problem. ...just absolutely mangled it. Correct. Absolutely turned it into garbage. I would... You... Oh. Okay. So, let me let me close out the movie here because we have other things to talk about. About why. <laughs> Craig okay. is trying to keep us on task. I am, and you guys are... And I just want to rant. So, when... It, when you guys did mention that it turns them into other things when that last wave hits, and mm -hmm. I thought that they were turning into, like, catfish people because they had those weird – That's essentially what it looked like, yeah. Yeah, so they kind of look like that. Um, little, they looked a little bit like Cookie Puss, if you remember the, the Cookie <laughs> Puss uh, ice cream The thing. whale from Carvel? <laughs> well, not the whale, but the, there was another one called Cookie Puss, which yeah, uh, for you Puss. Beastie Boys fans will know what I'm talking about. Mm. Well, and the commercials were awesome. Yeah. Oh, and, and that's uh, also... Oh, the whale was Fudgy. Archer. Fudgy the whale. It's Fudgy the whale, and Cookie Puss was yeah. the alien that yeah. was coming down to Earth to make yep. you eat them. Yeah. Holy to shit, eat, I have to me, Google Cookie please. Puss. <laughs> I hope Google I don't get, like, some kind Archer. of porn channel. Yeah, it's great. Uh, anyway, 
so yeah, they send him back. He goes uh, and stops this thing from happening, and uh, that's basically it. It's kind of uh, you know that he stops she the dude. Kind of looks squishing. like Cookie Puss, but it's more like a catfish. Yeah. And oh yeah, so so he stops this this crazy change from happening. Gets back. He goes to the woman who's anti time travel, even though she invented it, and is both unhappy that she didn't get credit and thinks it shouldn't be used. And gives them a recording of all the stuff that happened and basically shuts down the program um, to make sure nothing ever happens again. Correct. Now, that is ba- our basic plot here. Now, okay. the reason why this movie was so effed up, and Rob, I know you did the research on this as well, um, is there was a lot of stuff that happened. And I, I went on a deep dive, and I found a not uh, trivial article about the whole thing. So, well, I do know that Rennie Harlan was actually the original, I guess, director. Yeah, but he, he was, was a big fired, name back then, and he was fired from the production because he made a creative decision that just really pissed off Ray Bradbury, and the the producers sided with Ray Bradbury as opposed well, Ray to Ray Rennie Long Dead, <laughs> Rennie Harlan. No, well, Rennie Harlan was the he he pissed off uh, the original person that was supposed to be in the movie. Um, not Ray Bradbury, because Ray Bradbury's been very dead oh, at When did he die? Uh, Omar? 2012. Pierce Bro- he pissed off, uh, oh, Ray Bradbury died in 2012? Okay. I believe it was 2012. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan okay. was supposed to be. I thought it was Pierce around. Brosnan that got pissed off. Because Pierce Brosnan was supposed to be. He was guy. actually originally attached to that yeah. as well, but yeah. what I saw said that Rennie Harlan pissed off Ray Bradbury, and the producer yeah, that's what sided I saw too. Ray Bradbury. Ray Bradbury was still alive okay. when this was made. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, God. That's what killed him. Could be. <laughs> it totally was. Okay, so there was some stuff there, but le- there was also some financial situations here. The initial budget of the movie was supposed to be $55 million when Rennie Harlan was in charge. Uh, Brosnan wanted a rewrite, and that, of course, led to uh, Rennie Harlan, which you mentioned Bradbury, too. He was replaced in 2001. So these years are actually important. Um, that's also when Brosnan decided to leave and Ed Burns stepped in. Franchise Pictures, who is who are known for uh, let let me explain some of the movies that Franchise Pictures have made. They have made a bunch of very large budget movies that suck donkey dicks. <laughs> I remember the Franchise Pictures, like I remember that logo or whatever. Yeah, they made Funky Monkey, which I never heard of. Fear dot com, Battlefield Earth. Oh my god! Uh, mm. Ballistic X First Sever. One of the worst movies. And. Of Yes, and uh, Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2. Wow. Oh, my God. And stop chewing ice in the microphone. <laughs> Whoever that is. Uh, not me. Yeah. It's um, you, Greg. Chewing ice means you're sexually frustrated, so it's not me. I've heard that, yeah. It's not you. <laughs> it is totally me. <laughs> anyway, so they, they did that. The franchise did that. Now... They, um, the franchise pictures did finance this movie using a German tax shelter, uh, called Apollo Media and uh, another one called Crusader Entertainment. And they were given a $2 million loan from Morgan Creek. And you probably remember the Morgan Creek logo. So we now have this crappy company making this movie that is in development hell with a $2 million loan so far from other companies. That $2 million loan from Morgan, Morgan Creek had a, uh, stipulation with the, they would get 3% of the final gross. But it also 
had another stipulation that said, if you do not film this movie by June 1st of 2002, you are going to have to repay that money immediately. So what they did was frantically try to get the movie done. Okay. The movie was supposed to, and they couldn't afford to pay back that loan without making the movie. Uh, so it went into production with the expect the expectation of having an eighty million dollar budget. Oh, eighty million dollars to make this. Now, they got a lot a of that stuff was supposed to be spent on VFX, but very soon thereafter, franchise went out of business, so they had no money, and they ended up making this with thirty million dollars. Still, way too much money for what we got. They made this movie for $30 million, even though it had an expected budget of $80 because they had to get it out there or else they were going to get sued. Big well, time. who was going to get sued? Franchise went out of business. Uh, the principals. Like, the, the people can still get sued behind it, like the, the producers and stuff. Interesting. Um, well, that's why, like, the, movie... the, the shots of, like, Chicago, which I had to, like, I didn't notice until my second time around watching the movie, but it's Chicago that they're in. Like, they're trying to make it look futuristic as hell. And they failed. But, it, yeah, like, it's so bad. Like, it's just so bad. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's terrible. Now, Rob, did you, did you uh, find the, uh, the, the budget stuff by any chance? I know you looked up a lot of that stuff. I did. I did not. Okay. But... Yeah. I, so, well, uh, the budget was, was, I just said it was, like, 33. Uh, the production grossed. Did you, is that, did you find that? It was like nineteen. the The budget the budget was an estimated eighty million, but that I think that was before they actually produced. Yeah, so they it. they didn't get that. They were expecting that, but it the, ended up being thirty. It never. The happened. gross the the gross in the United States was one point nine. Yeah. Oh, that's and right. And the worldwide gross was only eleven. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's sad. Uh, this movie opened up against, and this is weird because like I, we didn't know it came out. It opened up against Transporter Two. The Constant Gardener and Underclassmen, and none of those were good movies, but they were all better than this one. Yeah, Constant Gardener uh, reviews like were awful, shit. as we said, um, and it got a D minus cinema score. We already talked about this, so um, it yeah it did not do well. It did win a bunch of awards at the Stinkers Bad Movie. No, I'm sorry, it was well. up for a bunch of awards: um, worst director, worst supporting actor. Most intrusive musical score and least special <laughs> special effects, and it somehow managed to win none of those awards despite being terrible. Most well, that's because it's, it's a movie with a history of losing. Oh my god! Hey, your musical score was so bad that it actually made this movie worse. <laughs> <laughs> your, uh, did you... your musical score was so bad that it couldn't even win in a competition of bad scores. It detracted. Yeah from this <laughs> That's so now funny. the the other weird little thing i found out about this do you know that there's a video game based on this what i i did i did see that i did not there is a game boy advanced game based on this film i uh, there is an hour and 30 minute long playthrough on youtube which i watched a little bit of it the movie the game looks as frustrating as the <laughs> as watching the, 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 the movie it does the movie. there's a lot of pushing crates around <laughs> and it's one of those games where when the dinosaur baboons, sorry, the guy's going to kill me. Mad. Don't get him started. The Babigators. Don't do it. The Babigators Fuck. show up. It's one of those games where you don't see the bullets that you're shooting. I mean, like, that's like real life, but you kind of want to know where you're aiming. Well, that, that, and you don't see it, tracers. so it's very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was 
it was considerably delayed, but like they actually did uh, release the game. And can you imagine how confused people are about this? Like, what is this game all about? Like, Sound of Thunder? Like, uh, you could actually play death matches via link cable. Uh, but you couldn't tell where you were shooting, so you didn't know who died. Yeah, pretty much. Now, there's also a Simpsons episode based on this story. So when I started watching this, I'm like, this is really familiar. And in the, did you guys ever... Well, I know you don't watch Simpsons, Rob, but Omar, did you ever see that episode? It was, a, it was one watched, of the Halloween I ones. honestly haven't watched The Simpsons in like two decades. I imagine that The Simpsons probably did it better than this movie. It was great. It's one of my favorite Halloween episodes of there. So Homer is trying to fix his toaster and turns it into a time machine. So he goes back, basically, quick story, he goes back in time. It's a, like a six-minute short thing. Goes back in time, and in his head he hears, I think, yeah. yeah. He hears his uh, Marge basically being like, it's fine if you go back in time, but just don't kill anything. And he's like, if I don't move, I won't kill anything. Then a mosquito buzzes by him, he kills it, he warps back, and, like, everything is controlled by Ned. And there's a couple other things. At one point, it's like, it's remarkably memorable, he goes back. And coughs, and, like, he coughs on a, di- a Tyrannosaurus, and it dies immediately, and it falls on a Stegosaurus, and, like, they just all die all in a row. <laughs> he comes back, and his he lives in a mansion. And they're like, oh, and Bart and Lisa are, like, perfectly well-behaved. Like, oh, father's home. Like, yeah, and it's like, and they're, like, millionaires and whatever, and Homer's like, oh, okay, this is good. And then he's like, honey, I'd like a donut, please. And Marge is like, what's a donut? And he's like, ah, and he goes back in time and like, but they, but they stay in that world and it starts raining and it's raining donuts. And she's like, oh, it's raining again. Oh, that's so funny. Like just that little moment totally like reminded, like as soon as I saw that, I'm like, wait a second, this is based on that story. And of course it is. So that's funny. um, At least, and it was probably around the same time, but it's obviously based on the story, not on the book, but Mm -hmm. um. Anything else? Does anyone else have uh, anything to say? Well, I wanted to say like a quick, uh, yeah, a quick thing about the the short story versus this. The short story doesn't have any of this time wave stuff. The short, the Ray Bradbury story is actually considering that it was published in 1951. It's 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 pretty good, okay. And you know, Ray Bradbury is known for like the Martian Chronicles, but I've, I was looking into his history, and he is an un speakably prolific writer like he did short stories novels tv movies like he did an unbelievable amount of stuff like this guy was 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 well entrenched in like sci-fi a little bit of horror things like that in the story for this the the way that okay so in the in the short story there's a thing called time safari incorporated and the main character, the Ed Burns character in the movie, Ed Burns character is just doing the job that he's got to do in order to further research. But in the short story, he's a, he's very much like a man's man, like tough guy. Okay. And at the beginning of the story, they talk about um, in the movie when shit goes wrong, one of the characters name is Eccles that's his last name right and in the in the short story Eccles is one of the main people when he gets there he talks to like this like gruff sounding receptionist guy like at the time Safari Incorporated and they talk about the election that just happened 
So now this is 1951, right? 1952. So there was an election just then. And in the short story, there's two guys that were run. This is like very important to the story. One of them is um, the, the guy who wins in the, the short story. Let me, let me see this real quick because this is very important. All we know is his last name is Keith, and he wins, and he's okay. President Keith. And, he's, and he, his opponent was a guy named Deutscher. Now, this is 1951. The real history, like I'm not talking about the movie right now, 1945, we won the war against Germany. World War II, right? We, we win against the, the Nazis and we defeat the Nazis. In the, in the German language, the word for German is Deutsch. So like right. in, we call them Germans or Germany. In German, in the language of German, the word Germany is Deutschland. In other words, land of the Germans. The, the, the quote-unquote fascist person who's running for president in the short story, his name is Deutscher, as in, in other words, German guy, or like German person. Okay. He loses. After they come back from, from killing the butterfly by accident, like after he goes back, uh, like, after, like this is an 11-page short story. When they come back after um, accidentally stepping on the butterfly, the way that you know that things got weird is, first of all, the English language is like spelled differently. Like time is spelled T-Y-M-E, for example. And uh. the guy who just won the election was Deutscher, not Keith. So that's how they explain in the short story that time has been changed. And the sound of thunder... The first sound of thunder is, um, in the movie, it's an allosaur. In the book, in the short story, it's a T-Rex. The sound of thunder is the T-Rex, like, stopping on the ground. And the second thing is, the Ed Burns character, who, like, leads the safari, is, um, he, at one point, gets so mad at the Eccles character that he actually threatens to kill him. Literally. And here's the thing about short stories. Most short stories are fucking nuts. Like, the way they end is crazy. So mm -hmm. when they get back and they see the time has been changed, the second sound of thunder is the Ed Burns character cocks his gun and shoots Eccles in the back of the head. Like that's, <laughs> that's the sound of thunder. Like that's where the name of the short story comes from is the sound of the That's the a lot different and probably better. It's very, very different. And it's actually, it's a pretty good goddamn story. Like it's, it's a really good story. They changed some major, major things for the for the movie. Like it's yeah. good. And like it's, it's very good. I, I highly recommend it. Ray Bradbury's the dude. Like he was a visionary. All right. So all of that being said, I'm going to ask the question. Okay. Go. Remake, revival, or rest in peace. Uh. I'm going to say remake, but not a very stringent remake. I, I would go remake because I think this could be a phenomenal movie. I agree. I think we need to do a remake and do it correctly and not give us this steaming pile of dog shit. Agreed. Baboonigator shit. 
Well, so that brings us to our question of the week. Babigators, you piece of garbage. <laughs> oh, there he goes. <laughs> I did that. You I piece of human game. excrement. Oh I, I can't even with you right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Babigators. I, yeah, I okay. did that on purpose. Yeah, yeah, you did. Bitch. For sure. Okay, so <laughs> Croco Monkey. <laughs> so what's the question of the week? The, uh, well, we got to do history first real quick. Oh, that's right. Which I almost forgot as well. Yeah. So we do have uh, a little bit of history you looked up. So let, let's go through this quickly because we are running out of time. We are running That out we of time. don't really have a limit on, but you know. Okay, so the movie came out in um, 2005, early September. Um, a little bit of history. There, here's the deal. Not a whole lot going on at the time. Honestly, like nothing much was happening at the time. Um, single white female actress Jennifer Jason Lee gets married <laughs> to a director named uh, Noah Baumbach in Los Angeles. Um, the remember the band The Squeeze from the eighties? Vaguely, yeah. Okay, so um, their singer, one of the founder, uh, not the singer, but the founder of the band, his name is Jules Holland. He gets married that weekend. Jules Holland, actually, if for those of you interested, he has a really, really good interview show that comes out of England. And um, you could actually just YouTube Jules Holland, and there's like some really, really interesting stuff that he does, and there's some great bands that end up on the Jules Holland show. Same dude from the band Squeeze if you were alive in the 80s like we were. Um, uh, Mandela Flight 91, Mandela Airlines Flight 91, crashes into a heavily populated residential area seconds after taking off from Sumatra, Indonesia, killing 100 people on board and 49 people Which, which is very sad, but they didn't have to watch this movie. They did not have no. to watch. They were spared this movie. Very very sad, but very much in line with the travesty that was this movie. <laughs> but what about... Unless, unless, what if this movie was the on-board flight uh, movie? <laughs> Greg, what was yes. um, on the charts? Music. Yeah, we're, we're going to go music here. Uh, number one was We Belong Together by Mariah Carey. No, thank you. Number two, Don'tcha by the Pussycat Dolls. God, Definitely I hate that song. no, thank you. Number three, Pond de Replay by Rihanna. I like that song. Okay, she's, uh, she's Shake It Off badass. by Mariah. Not by Taylor. Carey. What, which one? Shake Not It Off? by Taylor. Was it? Shake not, it off. not Shake uh, It Off well. by Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift was like five when this happened. No, it's 2005. No, I guess it might have been. I don't know. It said Mariah Carey on the Billboard chart, so I'm guessing that's right. Shake it off. Uh, let me hold like you by Bow Wow, featuring Omar Omarion. Featuring Omar. So Bow Wow featuring Omar. Thank you. Uh, the movies at the time, the movies this had to go up against. The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Here's the, the thing. There's some great version. movies. Yeah. That was a great movie. Uh, the 40-Year-Old Virgin, yes. which I did awkwardly see with my parents. Uh, Transporter 2, Flight Plan, Just Like Heaven, The Constant Gardener, Corpse Bride, and Red Eye uh, were the top movies at that time. Lord Number 9 was Brothers Lord of Grimm War. Too. Fantastic movie. Yeah. I never saw The Brothers Grimm. This is a very weird time in my life because I was completely out of pop culture altogether because I was driving all over the country. It, it occurred to me. So I, was driving to, I was driving back and forth to Oregon around That's this time. fucking drive. Done it twice. Not as much as Rob is driving around the country, but that's I've that's driven what. back and forth from from South Florida to Seattle. Yep. Wow. 
That's a little bit longer. That's impressive. And he's killed at least, what, 30 hitchhikers along the way? <laughs> uh, was I not supposed to tell other people that? 37, but we're not talking about it. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so let's finish up here with our top five yes, question please. of the week. Or give me five questions of the week, not top five questions of the week. We talked about this being a short story, and we are going to go with the question of the week is going to be, what are the top five movies that, that came from short stories in your eyes? And I'm going to start off with our patron of unusual size. That's Alec. He called one in almost immediately when I posted the question in our patron-only chat. Alec, you're the best. He is. Hey, give me five podcasts. Uh, top five short stories, uh, top five movies based on short stories. The tougher topic than I thought it would be. There's a lot of choices, so hopefully um, you like the list. Number five, I'm going to put Stand By Me, uh, which I think is a great movie. Uh, number four is Minority Report, another Philip K. Dick uh, adaptation coming up soon as well. Number three would be Shawshank Redemption. Number two uh, would be Brokeback Mountain, which I didn't even realize was a short story, but I think that's a great movie, and I, that is crazy that it was just a short story. And then number one, I, it's just my favorite of these movies. Not necessarily that it's better than them, but it's Total Recall. I love that movie, and the fact that that was a short story that got turned into a crazy movie is pretty awesome. So that's my top five list. Hope you like it. Thanks. Bye. Good list. Mm. And Solid. it reminded me of something that I forgot to put on my list. Well, your ball. Who's going to go? I'll go. Go. Number five is going to be The Birds. Ooh. I was unaware that that was a short story. Me too. Let's start off with a short story. But The Birds is number five. Number four is going to be Rashomon. Again, not aware that was a short story, Damn. but that's, of course, where they do the whole thing where thing, – and I only pick stuff that I've seen as well, mm -hmm. where they do the thing where they show things from different sides of the story and all that. Uh, so that's number four. Uh, number three for me is going to be – me smacking my monitor uh, – total, total Recall ends up at number three. Uh, that original short story, by the way, it was an 18-page story. I was able to find out, and it, we, it was called We Can Remember for It For You Wholesale, in case you're wondering. Number two, Sleepy Hollow and All of the Incarnations. Mm -hmm. uh, that is a 33-page story. Some of these I was able to find the page numbers. But number one, I totally forgot to put it on there, and it ended up being – it is number one. That is from – by Stephen King. That is The Shawshank Redemption. I completely forgot that that was a short story and somehow, and mm -hmm. I should be shamed. So my number one is Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Rob? Omar, what you got? Me? Okay. Um, no, the other Omar. <clears throat> There's so many Stephen King ones, so and I had to, like, tone it down. Um, I have to tell you that my top five is in no particular order because I have 15 things on my little piece of paper here. You know, he showed me his note card earlier. It, lo it looked like the it's ramblings literally, of a crazy person. Oh, like, two, like, Almost two dozen things. So no particular. It looked order. like he was try trying to unravel a conspiracy theory. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's like yeah, he's got uh, lines drawn with little pins yeah. and string and yeah. Um, Stand by me. That was based on a short story, and Shawshank Redemption also based on a short story, both by Stephen King. 
There's more, but I'm not going to get into the Stephen King thing. Um, Stephen King can appear on this list. He's amazing. Scrooged. Because if you think about it, it's a Christmas Carol, right? Yep. But I love Bill Murray. Um, I did not know this, but the, do you remember the movie with uh, I believe it was Brad Pitt and Casey Affleck, Three Ten to Yuma? That was a great. I movie. never saw it, but I do. I do know of it. Fantastic movie. movie. Okay. And my number one, I'm going to go with. Do you remember the movie with um, Guy Pierce, Memento? Yes. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's based on a short story. I had no idea. That's a phenomenal movie. That's a great movie. Right? Wow. So that's my yeah. number one pick, uh, Memento with Guy Pierce. <laughs> like I said, yeah, he's, he's coming to it from a room. We see, like, yarn with, like, pinned into the wall. There's, there's like, a picture <laughs> of... There's a picture that's of fair. Nixon on his okay, wall with a question fair. mark that's drawn fair. on his face. I don't even know what that's about. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'll go ahead with my list. I do have a couple on here that I wrote down that I was like, oh, really? That was based on a short story? I mean, movies like Candyman, uh, 1408, Lady and the Tramp, uh, Hollow Man, all based on short stories. Right. But my top five, um, I had to include this just because it holds a special place in my heart. It's actually one that we've talked about on the Give Me Five podcast. At number five, it's a movie that I picked, and that's Flight of Dragons. Hmm. It's based off a uh, short story called Saint Dragon and the George by Gordon P. Dixon. At number four, I've got Scrooged. I, I got to agree with Omar. That was that was one of my favorite tellings of A Christmas Carol. At number three, I do have Total Recall, the We Can Remember It For You Wholesale by Philip K. Dick. At number two, I've got The Thing. Yeah. Which is based on a short story That's called good. Who Goes There by John W. Campbell. But my number one... And this movie is would actually be probably in my top ten easily of best movies of all time, and that's Shawshank Redemption, Agreed. based on the uh, uh, Stephen King short story Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Yes. Yep. Good excellent, one. excellent list, everybody. Thank you, Alec, for writing in or calling in. Uh, that closes out our show. Well, guys, as always, if you'd like to write in your lists, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can email us directly at giveme5podcast at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on our website at giveme5podcast.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at giveme5pod, or you can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me 5 Podcast. And please, guys, if you're listening and you like what you hear, please consider leaving a review. It really helps us stand out. It helps other people find us, and it just moves us to the top of the list. And if you don't like what you hear, fuck off. We don't want you. <laughs> if you are looking you to a chair with your eyes held open like clockwork orange and make you watch a sound of thunder. That's right. And if you are looking for any of that cool Give Me Five per- podcast merchandise, you can go to give me five podcast.threadless.com or go directly to our website, give me five podcast.com. You'll find a link to it there. Excellent. Thanks for listening, guys. Love you.
Omar has to pee, so I'm going to stop the recording. Welcome back to the time when dinosaurs weren't just confined to zoos. Okay, don't panic. Remember the advice your father gave you on your wedding day. If you ever travel back in time, don't step on anything, because even the tiniest change can alter the future in ways you can't imagine. Right. As long as I stand perfectly still and don't touch anything, I won't destroy the future. Stupid bug! You go squish now! You 